Welcome to Truth and Grace with John and Mark. In this podcast, we tackle difficult issues related to living, loving, and leading in a broken world. We hope you are encouraged by today's episode. Welcome back to Truth and Grace with John and Mark. We're always glad you're here. We always think of you sitting at this table with us as that third member of the conversation. And uh, so welcome today to my good buddy, John. How you doing, man? I am doing fantastic. Ready? I'm really excited about today. I'm excited about what we're going to talk about. And um, yeah, feeling good, man. It's cold outside. You know, we just I just moved here from Florida about a year ago. I'm wearing a short sleeve T-shirt <laughs> and it's like 25 degrees outside. So you I'm acclimating. Become, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I was standing in line yesterday. Uh, there's a food truck that comes near our house about twice a month and uh, they serve fish and chips. And so we like Ooh. to go down there and get it. And probably not as good as Ireland, but still it's good. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> not good as Ireland. <laughs> We're sitting down there and uh, it was cold. It was and I, and I was in line for an hour. Wow. And uh, so but we were standing in line and there were people in line in shorts. Wow. And I was like, I don't think I will ever get there. Yeah. I actually went out yesterday and I had shorts and a T-shirt and it was like 25 degrees. But it's so like it's just not humid here. So to me, it just doesn't feel that cold. No, exactly. Anyway. So um, we're definitely loving Colorado. Yep. Beautiful place. Yeah, absolutely. We have had uh, the honor of doing this podcast now for about seven months. Wow. Yeah, yeah. it's it's been uh, enjoyable. I, we enjoy the interaction with each other. Yeah, whether you like it or not, we enjoy it, right? <laughs> exactly. So. <laughs> um, you know, but when you do something like this, it's sort of an act of faith because you don't know if anybody's actually going to listen. Yeah. You know, and uh, I mean, my wife will listen, at least to start with. <laughs> <laughs> no, she listens and then, you know, you, your parents will listen, you know, like, yeah. but... We've been we've gotten some really great feedback recently, and yep. so um, I know you you had somebody recently to say something to you. You want to share that with us? It's actually a few people, you know, just uh, travel and speak, and uh, was at a conference recently. And no, it's been really good. People will just come up and just say, you know, we we talk about kind of real issues, and maybe at some point we'll go deeper into doctrinal things. But we really try to, you know, take God's word and just be practical with it. And yeah. people will just come up and just say, like, man, in moments when we're talking about anxiety or depression or how to navigate through mm. troubles or difficulties, just how meaningful it is to walk through those moments. So yeah, we're we're we really, you know. We do this for people that are there and we, you know, that are out listening and uh, you're really valuable to us. And we're really glad that in some way that we can help or speak to issues. Yeah. You're wearing the fire in our bones t-shirt from our recent pastors conference. I know while we were there, I had a young couple come up to me and I didn't know them and they stopped me in in the elevator and they said, you're Mark Renfro, right? And I was like, yeah. And I, I, I felt a little bit, I was like, Am I supposed to know them? Because I didn't recognize them. And, you know, that when you when you're a public speaker, a lot of people feel like they know you and you don't remember them and you feel bad about that. Yeah. Try try pastoring a large the large church that I pastored in Jacksonville. I would go to the grocery store and all the time oh, I would yeah, have people sure. like, oh, Pastor John. And I'm like, <laughs> hi, I think I don't really know who you are. Yeah, and, so, yeah. and you want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, oh, you know, yeah. Absolutely. And so I was like, I was, I really felt, I was like, ah, am I supposed to know this couple? And they were like, we know you from the podcast. 
And yeah. I was like, oh, whew. you know, <laughs> and they were like, you know, we when COVID started, they were living in California, still are. Mm-hmm. And they said, quite frankly, we really wanted to leave. Uh, God called us to do this work in California, but we were at a really low point. We just, everything was locked down. We didn't, you know, our ministry wasn't really blooming. And personally, we weren't thriving. And they said, we really wanted to move. And they said, but we felt like God told us to stay. And we stayed. And they said, you guys through the podcast have been pastoring us. Well, And said, you've been giving us hope and encouragement and all that. And I mean... That that just made me feel so encouraged. And yeah. So yeah. that's a good word. Well, that's awesome. Absolutely. So. Well, let's dive into today's topic. Last week we talked about revival. Mm-hmm. We made reference to um, like Asbury College University and what had been going on there. And even yep. though those regular meetings have have ceased, we mm-hmm. we pray that the spirit of revival, which is really what revival is about, it's not yeah. about chapels being open 24-7, you know, for long periods of time. It's about the personal work. So we've talked about that. We talked about revival in the church. But today we want to talk about personal revival and what does it look like to walk in personal revival? I think you expressed it last week by saying, what does it look like to walk under or in the fire of God? That's it. Yeah, and we and we talked about if you didn't watch it, go back and listen. We talked about pseudo revivals, good revivals that kind of turn not so good, and then like true spiritual awakenings that really have an impact in society. Yeah. And uh and so one of those things that we really highlighted is that it it can't just be an emotional experience for a week or a month or a year. If it doesn't impact the way that you walk out your life, if it doesn't go to your daily walk, the practical way that you live your life, like I really believe, and I know you agree with this, it's the supernatural life of God that enters into our daily walk. And when you can when you can grasp that supernatural power of God while you're doing the dishes or going to work or cleaning the house or mowing the grass, that's, that's where the power in the life of God really wants to get a hold of believers to walk out that kind of a fire. Yeah, I I love the Jonathan Edwards quote about revival. Mm. And cuz he was involved the first, first great, great awakening, awakening was Jonathan yeah. Exactly Edwards and Whitfield. I mean, you know, yeah. and so I, I he said true revival exalts Christ. Amen. Provokes the devil. <laughs> Always. <laughs> yep. Uh, prioritizes the Bible. Yep. And inspires love. Praise God. I just, I heard, I read that and I thought, yes, whether it's collectively as a church mm-hmm. or personally as individuals, I think when we, we know we are walking in revival, we are walking in everything that God wants for us when those are the characteristics of our daily walk. Yeah. And, and listen, and we need a touch of God in our generation today. And sometimes we think, oh, things are so bad. It's never been so bad. But if you go back to the first great awakening before uh, Jonathan Edwards is out, you know, preaching the gospel, I mean, there was, it was, there was some real spiritual and moral, you know, you know, downturns there. It, like America is away from God. So it's not like you know, some people describe like America's we just recently had some moral issues yeah. in the last, you know, <laughs> 25 years. 
I'm sorry, no. but there has been a history of the ebbs and flows yeah. of, of 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 spiritual growth and awakening. So. I, I don't usually plug movies, but mm. Amy and I just went and saw um, the Jesus, Jesus Revolution. Revolution. Yeah, and uh, you and I were talking about this before the uh, podcast, before starting recording today, and. You know, I, I have a soft heart. I can watch a movie that's got dogs in it or, you know, whatever. And I tear up. And, you know, Amy's over there stoic watching the movie. And, you know, but um, in the movie yesterday, I uh, several times in the movie, I had tears running down my face and I was listening to people in the the hall with me in the theater watching and I could hear people sniffling throughout the movie. I mean, it was deeply impactful, but at mm-hmm. the end of the movie, I I actually couldn't talk. I was yep. trying to have a conversation with Amy and I'm walking down the hall of the theater and I didn't want to look like an idiot. Yeah. But I was at the point where I knew if I said anything, I was going to start sobbing. I oh. couldn't hold back the emotion. And it wasn't about just the beauty of the movie. The movie's beautiful and very inspiring. And I highly encourage people to see it. But it was more than that. It was like, oh, God, I want this. I want this for my children. Mm -hmm. And I want this for this generation. Yep. You know, um, and and clearly that generation that those those years of the late 60s, you know, early 70s, they were as dark as anything Mm -hmm. we're facing today. And God showed up. That's it. And, you know. So that. and we, we and we need that again. I think that b- both uh, you and I we're I'm non-denominational, so that's where I'm at right now. But I did come through an Assemblies of God heritage, as did you. Um, you know, Chuck Smith, and a real shout out to the Calvary Chapel yeah. folks. I was I was back in Bible college and read books by Chuck Smith. Mm. Chuck Smith is is one of the greatest unsung heroes in our generation. A real Bible guy. Uh, yeah, and and I think that for today's discussion, he really has exemplified what we're talking about because there was this great revival amongst the hippies in California, but he took the word of God and he helped develop that into something that, that really has had a depth in America for probably 35, 40 years. And he's been a great proponent of revival Without necessarily a revival movement per se. Yeah, there's a there in the movie here again, you know, but at the, there was one place in the movie where Lonnie Frisbee, who's the young, cool guy, <laughs> you know, he is a hippie who's gotten saved, and um, there's been a relational rupture. Yeah. Um, there, and he has left. He's no longer part of it. And Chuck Smith, who's the older guy. Yeah. And you know, I, you can tell he's kind of going do I have what it takes to lead these young people? Mm. And I mean, he, he's really having some real doubts Yeah. and his wife says something to him, which I thought was very profound. And that was, she said, don't be so arrogant as to think God can't use your brokenness and your weakness you know, so often we want our strengths. It sounds like a wife, doesn't it? Uh, well, it's, it's it's the paradox because we all want to be strong and powerful and great, and, and God then uses... and then God says, "I t- it's through your weakness, weakness that I perfect my strength." Yeah, and so we should celebrate. You know, not necessarily the weaknesses, but what God can do in the middle of the weaknesses, and that's what shines forth with His power. Well, 
yeah, Paul says, you know, if I'm going to glory in anything, let me glory, I'm gonna glory in my weaknesses. Yeah. Good word. Yeah. Um, well, if it's all right with you, how about if we use that Edwards um, framework and and just kind of go through that a personal revival? And we may add some things to it yeah. here and there, but, you know, exalts Christ. So what does that look like at a personal level? Yeah. Provokes the devil. Yep. Prioritizes the Bible and inspires love. Yeah. And so let everybody know, we really plan on making this a series. So I think we're going to take some of these disciplines in the Christian life and talk about how when we have these great spiritual dynamic experiences, how then we want to we want to put that into our practical everyday life so that we live out that spiritual awakening, not just not just emotionally, but when it's spiritual it happens over the you know over the long term. So I know for you, uh, you're very similar to myself. But you know, 40 years ago, I came to know Christ, and I've lived with the fire, mm. moments of weakness. Sure, certainly not saying anything about you know being perfect or any of that. But my heart has beat for Jesus, for His Word mm. to tell the lost about who He is, to grow in Christ, to exalt. So that's a that's a a personal thing that the Lord has done in my life. Well, now we want to see that happen in our yeah. in our culture. Yeah, absolutely. I was with some f- folks recently, and I was speaking and encouraging them. And you know, it felt so good to be able to be completely honest and transparent to say to them, "I love Jesus more today than I ever have in my life." Amen. That doesn't mean that I am perfect doesn't mean I don't have struggles. I think part of that is a greater understanding of the grace of God than at any point in my life. And so I understand now that my hunger for God, which which I hope and pray and I believe is growing every day. It's not it's not something I just muster up. Yeah, it's God drawing me to himself. You know, I kind of like the old um, Star Trek, you know, series. And I remember that, you know, they have these g- gravity fields where they like pull the ships yeah, yeah. back to them. And I think so often in my life, it was me trying to, in my own effort, propel myself forward. And oftentimes, even to the point of pulling away from God. Yeah. To do my own thing. It was, and it, I never, it wasn't like I thought of it as rebellion. Yep. It was just self effort, you know, and God was just saying, Come back, rest in me. You'll find what you're looking for here. Yep. I, you know, I do a series on New Covenant that we have at World Challenge, and one and, of the things- and I would encourage the listeners or those watching yep. to go to our website and watch that series. Very good. Yeah, but one of the things that I talk about in that is how, and I found this very early in my own spiritual life that I find I found myself going, okay, I see everything Jesus has done for me now. I need to do as much as I can for mm. Jesus. And 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 I kind of describe it like the hamster in the wheel, sure. like you're running in, you know, you're running on the wheel yep. and then but you're not really going anywhere. Mm. And I think that the difference between when I was younger as a believer, it was always me trying to do something for God so he would be pleased. Mm. And I think that when I came to that awakening moment of going, you know what? Jesus finished the work at the cross. And now I want to be like him. It doesn't mean that I stop, you know, uh, you know, walking after the things of God, but the dynamic shifted instead of me trying to do everything I can for God, 
when I came to that moment where I where I'm going, Jesus has done it all for me. Now I want to be more like Him. I want to love Him. I want to serve Him. And this the the so yeah, probably more emotional moments when I was younger. But as I grow in that, you start to go look at who great Jesus is. Look at what amazing things mm-hmm. that He's done. Now it's this opportunity to walk in the life of Christ. When you catch that, man, man, to the day I die. I'll be walking and loving Jesus, and I don't think it'll ever diminish because it's not based on how good I am or how much I did, but it's on what He has done for me and just walking in the power of it. Amen. So, exalting Jesus. Yep. You know, I I just, I, I know it sounds silly, or maybe silly isn't the right word. Maybe it just sounds too simple. But it really is all about Jesus. Yeah. In our daily lives, everything, it's all about Jesus. I mean, you know, that I might know him, to quote scripture, in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his suffering, so that I might be conformed into his image. Yeah. That's really what I think personal revival is about in our own lives. If if there is no valid form of revival. So we talked about mm-hmm. pseudo revival last week. If if it doesn't lead to an exaltation of Jesus, yep. I don't think it, we could say that it's a it's a legitimate revival either corporately or in our own lives. Yeah. I mean, it's so easy and and you you will see this a lot of times in remi- revival movements where individuals become the center of mm. of that movement. And and it can be dangerous. Not not that you know we don't honor people that serve God, but I mean the truth of it is, this is the work that Christ has done, and He invites us to be a part of that. We do that by faith. But if we, whenever we try to grasp a hold and go, okay, well Jesus, you did your part, and now here's my part, and look what I did for you. I, it, it reminds me of uh, Peter, James, and John going to the Mount of Transfiguration, and they get to the top and. And then Peter says, you know, should we build three tabernacles, one for you and one for Moses Moses, and one for Elijah? But this is what man always wants to do. We always want to build something for God. Right. And really in that moment, you see the Shekinah glory of God and you see this this moment of deep humility where he falls to his face and Jesus touches him. He looks up and he sees Jesus only. And, and that's the exaltation of like, stop trying to do something for God and just behold his glory. What he does in that moment isn't me building something for God, mm-hmm. but it's him building something in me. And it's out of that that you change your world. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, both you and I, are, we'll talk about prioritizing the Bible later on, but you and I are both Bible guys. Mm. Um and that doesn't mean like Bible nerds. I mean, maybe we're that too. You're but... a Bible nerd. I'm a cool <laughs> uh, Bible guy. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe that's entirely possible. Uh, but we both just want to build our lives on Scripture. Sure. We understand that God's Word is eternal. It's yeah. perfect. Um, I want to measure my life according to it. And I don't mean measure like, I mean, there is an evaluation. I mean, Paul says he yeah. evaluated himself. I want to do that. I want to make sure I'm walking. I'm working out my salvation with fear and trembling, as Scripture says. I want to make sure I'm walking according to Scripture. But it's it's more than just that. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a hunger for God's word. It's a, it's it's a 
I want to find the the Christ of Scripture. Yeah, I want to find I want to find Jesus when I'm reading Leviticus. <laughs> you know, and, and and I don't mean artificially finding him. I want to I want to mm. even as I'm reading the law, I want to understand that you know that far back God was pointing me to the cross. Amen. You know, God was everything He's always done has been about exalting Jesus. You know, one of my favorite, you know, guys that I love to hear preach is Tim Delina. Mm. Uh, he's the pastor of Times Square Church, and he has been one of my dearest friends and great encouragement. And he he's one of the board members for mm-hmm. yep. uh, World Challenge. But last week he was preaching, and he brought this to light. He said, he said, if you take God, God named the scriptures and his son, and he gave them the same name. So he calls the scripture his word, and John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God, and the word was God. And so sometimes we we separate you know, the word from Christ, but they're inseparable. Yeah. The word, uh, now, they're not the same. So you know, obviously the word reflects Jesus. Jesus is the word. But you can't say that the Bible is Jesus. Sure. How, but this is the point I'm that he made, and I'm just kind of echoing, is that when you read the scriptures and the power of the Holy Spirit, it should reveal something in us, not to 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 help us to adhere to a set of rules or principles, but to help us to grow in the knowledge of the greatness of who mm. Jesus is, the you know the Son of God and the one who gave His life so that we could be who we are. When when you get connected with that. Man, if that doesn't put a fire in your heart, nothing yeah, will. Absolutely. Couldn't and it changes more. the way that you read scripture because it's not just, you know, reading principles of God's word. It's coming to know the God of the universe yeah. as revealed in the Son Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Um provokes the devil. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that terminology. Cause, you know, I think the whole point is for me, at least as I think about that, it's it's twofold. One of those is anytime we try to draw closer to Jesus, mm-hmm. or anytime we are drawing closer to Jesus, that's going to make the devil mad because he's come, he, you know, steal, kill and destroy. As we come closer to Christ, he realizes he has less authority, less power. The more we understand who we are in Christ, the less authority, the less power we give to him. You and I both believe in a real devil. You know, yep. but we also realize we do not have to live in fear of him. Never do we live in fear. But, there, you know, I, I I love that when Michael, the archangel, was disputing over the body of yep. Moses, which I don't know what that was all about. <laughs> but he didn't say but he didn't say I rebuke you, rebuke you. He said the Lord I rebuke you. you. Yep. And so we always have the victory over the devil. But it's based upon the authority that we have in Christ, yeah. not ourselves. Absolutely. I have no authority over the devil. Amen. It's Christ in me only, purely. Yeah. Um, so th- there's that inward side of that. But I think there's an external expression of that also. Yeah. You know, we, we talked earlier. It, I, don't, I don't work to please God. Yeah. But I do work. Yes. I work because of what God has done through me or in me. I want to... There's going to be a reflection of that right. outward, not just in how I live my life, not just in my values, my motivations, all of those, yes, but also in what I do in the world. Paul says, I have become a servant of the gospel. Absolutely. And so, I th- and then when we do that, when we are 
engaged in serving the poor, when we are sharing our faith, when we are standing up for righteousness in a broken world, those things provoke the devil. They do. I, you know, one thing that I love in the Bible is when you you look at the the life of Paul, which you brought up, and this, I mean, there's no social media. He took the gospel to the whole known world, and he didn't have a car or a bus or a train to catch. He most of it he walked, yep. or he got a ship, got got onto a ship. And here and here's the point: is that he says, "I don't live by works; I live by faith." So it's not him working to try to please God. He just he just loved Jesus and everything that Jesus told him to do, he did it. So now he's walking by faith. So it's not by works, but it's by faith. And listen, did, what, did he work? Yeah, he did things, but he didn't do things by you know the sweat of my brow. Right. It was living by faith in Christ. And now this incredible work begins to happen in his life. And listen, when you start to live like that, you become a threat to the kingdom of darkness, yeah. and the kingdom of darkness will hate you, want to destroy you, want to snuff you out. Uh, but that, but listen, the one that lives in me is greater than he that lives in the world. Amen. <laughs> yeah, amen. So, I'm start preaching right now. <laughs> <laughs> Too late. You already have. Yeah, but it's a good word. Yeah, I mean, I I think of you know we look at the world today and all the brokenness, and yeah. you don't have to look far. I mean, you know, turn on the news. Yep. And, you know, um, fentanyl epidemics and distorted views of life and marriage and all the things that exist in our world today. And I, I look at that and I go, you see the enemy at work bringing destruction to people's lives. Mm. You know, God didn't, God, we've talked about this before, but the purpose of the law was never to restrict us. The purpose of the law was to protect us. Yep. You know, I love the old expression that says, before you tear down a fence, you might want to ask first why it was put up. <laughs> <laughs> or find out the hard way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah. but in that process, you know, we, we're trying to live out our life for God. But we're going to, we, we just look at the world today and we got, there's so much that needs to happen. Yep. We got, we have nothing to bring to this apart from the power of God. Yeah. But when God shows up, he can bring transformation. He can bring the same revival that we've talked about personally. He can bring that to the life of the most broken individual on the planet and bring hope and redemption and life. Yeah. Well, we just did that conference with Teen Challenge. Yeah. And you got, the, I mean, there's one drug addict and one prostitute and, one, you know, one addict after another. Yep. This shining with the glory of God. Yeah. Man, those are trophies. Yeah. I, I You know, it's funny because... You and I have talked about this before. I I have a much more reserved personality type. Mm, really? <laughs> <laughs> and so you know, but I love I love the worship. Yeah. Now, okay, it wasn't probably my worship style that I would choose, but I loved every moment of it. Yeah. Um, I'm probably still suffering from hearing loss from sitting in front of the speakers, yeah. but it was amazing. And and what was so beautiful about it is he who has been forgiven most loves most. Amen. And it was absolutely clear from these young men and young women whose lives had been just absolutely flipped on their heads that, you know, they were they were pursuing the devil as hard and as fast as they possibly could. Yeah. And it couldn't have been more dramatic than 
the Apostle Paul on the Damascus Road. God stepped into their life, brought change, is bringing change, and everything changed in their life. And that joy just was reflected in everything they said it did. Yeah, and you know, the difference is sometimes some some people that were raised in church have always been in that place. We think that somehow that Paul's experience was something that was just, oh, well, he was just so bad, or the drug addict was just so bad. But listen, every one of us, this is just biblical, if you haven't had a Damascus Road experience, you may not be saved. If you don't come to the place and you go, I have fought against God my whole life, tried to establish myself, built my life on how good I am and what I can do, yep. but then I met Jesus and he turned it all around and now I live by the glory of God. Listen, if that's not your experience, I'd go back and, and check it out and go, God, and maybe maybe that happened and you just don't realize the fullness of what Jesus did in that moment. Yeah. But if you ever awaken to what you were and what you have become in Christ, uh, man, it, it, when you do, that's the exaltation of Christ that will lead you into personal revival and spiritual awakening. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When I think about um, Jesus in his early part of his ministry, he goes into the wilderness, he fasts. It's interesting. Not only, I mean, I'm I'm sure that he encountered the Father yeah. strongly during that time of fasting, but the scriptures don't really focus on that part. They focus on the fact that the devil shows up. <laughs> <laughs> There's this piece about the when we get serious about God, when yeah. we get serious about our relationship with him, when we're walking in victory, that seems to really provoke the devil. That's absolutely and as a matter of fact. For people that go, there'd be people that you know, even in Christianity, that don't believe in a devil. You cannot believe in the Bible yep. and not believe in the devil because, I mean, Satan's all through the scriptures. Yep, absolutely. So, yeah. so what, are, what, what, what are ways you see like revival and this idea of provoking the devil being lived out in the life of believers? You know, just something for people that are listening in, because we, we, hey, we do a lot of talk here, but we really try to pull in scriptures. So one thing that I that I believe we we know that Lucifer was in heaven and standing in the presence of God, and then he and one third of the angels fell. This is a scriptural thing that we we know, and so the thing was is that his rebellion was in the presence of God. So it wasn't just like, you know, sometimes, you know, somebody just doesn't realize how great God is. Sure. He stood in the presence of God and rebelled against him. And so we know that there was a great fall that happened. Well, now we see as believers that here this the, this entity was standing in the presence of God, and now God creates Adam and Eve and now everyone that calls on the name of Jesus in faith, now we become those people that stand in God's presence. We've been mm. created in his image. Yep. Uh, we are a kingdom of priests and kings. So we have this priestly ministry. One day we will stand in the places that Lucifer once stood, mm. and he knows it. And so when you start to have that revelation and you start telling other people and they start to understand their position in Christ, you say, why is he so provoked? Because he knows that now we're standing in the place that he once stood in, mm. and there's nothing he can do to change it. And you, so you see this power of darkness, and you go, you know, like, why are you so angry? He's so angry because he realizes that he stood in the presence of God, rebelled, and now everything that he does is to to destroy you, to destroy me. That the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. 
But listen, God has given us life and give it more abundantly. So when you start to walk in the things of God and you're making a difference, yes, the enemy will be provoked and he will come against you. But praise God, we have something to stand on that's so far greater than what the enemy could ever destroy. Absolutely. I love that. Uh, We've talked today about, we've used this Jonathan Edwards uh, uh, framework of, you know, the four characteristics of revival, exaltation of Jesus. We've talked about that. Uh, provoking the devil um, promotes the Bible. It's going to be, you know, and then the last one was uh, inspires love. We're going to take a, we're going to, we're going to wrap up today mm-hmm. and we're going to go in next week. We're going to deal with the issue of what does it look like to promote the Bible uh, and in our personal lives? And then secondly, to inspire love. But as, as we're wrapping up today, John, any final thoughts on what does it look like to walk in revival personally? Yeah. One thing I would say of all the podcasts that we've done, probably this week and next week, maybe two of the most important ones. I would really ask anybody that's watching, share this out because what this, what we're talking about with this is, and, and Mark has gone to the Middle East, reaching unreached people groups, and you have walked with the fire and the passion of God for decades and decades. And what we're trying to do in this environment here is we're trying to say, church, come to life. And and here's how God has affected this in our lives. And we can talk about the Jonathan Edwards and others as well. But how this filters down into our daily walk and the passion and the fire that comes alive, not out of works, but by the grace and the power of Jesus and faith. This is the dynamic that I believe will be a catalyst of revival in our generation. It's not it's not because there's going to be another clever pastor this, no. that rises up to preach another great message. It's when the church begins to grasp what we've been called to and we walk in it. That will produce a fire that all the devils in hell and all the schemes of man can never thwart. Absolutely. Also, just in closing, I want to make it clear that we're also not talking about when we talk about revival. Yes. We're not talking about an expression that looks like one form of personality. Yes. You know, some people are excitable and loud, and you know, it's easy to look at that and go, "Okay, that looks like revival." Yeah. But but God may take the most timid person and mm-hmm. set them on fire, and it doesn't mean that they won't still have joy in their life, but it'll be expressed differently, that Christ set on fire in someone's life. God's going to use the personality that that he made. You know, it's funny, for one side, God's refining work may mean you need to tone it down a little bit, buddy, because you're <laughs> shining a little bit brighter than Jesus right now. And for this other side, it's like, okay, but you need to learn to express the joy of what God has done. In your life. So we're not talking about a particular personality type because I think it maybe it's just me, but that's I, I felt the need to say that just because when I was growing up, revival always had a particular look. Yeah. And it was always loud people. And, you know, I, I remember one time we, we were in Bible college. And uh, we were in our dorms, and we had an African guy. <laughs> I know exactly wait. who you're talking he'd about. He'd get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, and he prayed so loud. And uh, I remember one of my roommates had opened the opened the window and yelled out. He goes, he goes, he goes, he says, he said, be quiet. It's 5 o'clock in the morning. 
And the man yelled up, and he, the, the the student yelled up, and he said, "I'm praying." And he goes, "I know you are. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> You're else too loud. <laughs> You're waking me up." So, so Yo, what was it? God's not deaf. And he goes, "Yeah." yeah. <laughs> but that and, and it, it really, but the, and I that's one of the reasons I like our dynamic. Yeah, I tend to be the extrovert, uh, all out there. I know uh, our personalities are very different. But re- that what we're talking about, a personal spiritual awakening, God created all personality exactly. types, and, but it's a, an awakening in the context that you live in mm. and letting Christ infiltrate those emotions and personality types to really fulfill his purpose. Absolutely. And if, if when revival shows up in our lives, it's going to touch every part of our life. Amen. So when when Jesus said, this is the greatest commandment. Love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. When God shows up in our lives, it's going to affect all four of those. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We want to wrap up our time together by praying. And so, John, I'm going to ask you to just lead us in prayer for you've pastored for many years. And so you tried to lead your folks into personal revival, walking daily in this. So would you close out by praying for those who are listening with us today? We'll do that, Mark. And Jesus, we love you today. I thank you, Lord, for people that have tuned in today and they're listening. And God, there may be people that are watching today that, Lord, for years they've they've tried to catch this fervency for the things of God. And Lord, will try and make make attempts and they feel like they do good for a while and then they fail. Lord, I pray today, God, for them that you would, God, begin to instill something that's deep and long lasting and not based on emotions, but God, that you would build something that's not based upon our actions or our works, but on seeing the glory of Jesus and the work that you've done. And God, help us, Lord, to walk by faith and let the power of the Holy Spirit infiltrate our lives in a way that practically every day that we can walk out the plans and the purposes of God. We love you, and God, we thank you for the privilege to live and serve in your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. Be sure to join us next week when we'll unpack this further when we talk about revival should bring a priority to Scripture and should inspire love. In the meantime, if this content's been helpful to you, we ask that you would share it, that you'd make a comment on YouTube or whatever format you listen to the podcast. We wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for you, as we talked about at the beginning of the podcast today. So we want to bring value to you. We'd also love to hear from you. Leave a comment, not just for those who might be looking at the page, but for us. We want to make sure that our content really helps you and your feedback helps us do that. God bless you. Take care. Thanks so much for joining us. We know your time is valuable and we're so thankful you chose to spend it with us. If you want more encouragement, we'd recommend Gary Wilkerson's special series and study guide on the Psalms called The Generation That Seeks the Lord. You can find it at worldchallenge.org or you can get more information in the show notes. John and Mark will be back next week to offer their insight into how believers can live, love, and lead well in a broken world. We'll see you next time.